It's Wednesday. It's not Wednesday. It's Tuesday, December 20th, 2022. This is a great start so far. <laughs> Week 16, we're going to talk about some trending topics right in the midst of the fantasy football playoffs. Clearly, we're, we're in playoff form. We're doing well. <laughs> Have another drink, Jason. Not that that's my problem, but you know. I love watching the the broadcast as uh, as we record. Those of you listening um, on podcast channels like Spotify or Stitcher or Apple Music or whatever, uh, we we also put this out on a YouTube channel, Drink Five, and you can check that out on YouTube and subscribe to our channel if you so desire. But what I'm saying please, is, please please subscribe. Well, I'll beg, Dave. You don't have to. I'll beg. While we're please subscribe. While we're setting it up and looking at the uh, live streaming software, uh, I can see us right sure but if i go over like for example i just edit uh i edited i i moved edited i moved the little sign that's in front of us that says there's two times a year football season and waiting for football season yes and i don't get to see what the results of that edit are for about i don't know 15 seconds right oh i notice that all the time like i'll like (laughs) move something and then i'll go to the video and like watch myself move it yeah uh, but we there we go. Now I'm adjusting the mic. I adjusted the mic a little while ago. Now I'm finally seeing it. We we so appreciate everyone who's not blocked my face quite. So who's much. been a subscriber or follows us on Facebook or follows us on Twitter uh, as we're putting out advice, doing rankings, doing these shows, uh, and and we've done this for a long time now. I don't know if it's ten years exactly. We should we should determine. Uh, maybe next year is our ten year anniversary of us doing it like sitting on a couch with the mic in between us. I want to guess that we started that in twenty twenty. Twelve, yeah, maybe so I don't know. This would be the eleventh season of doing. It. So that means we missed tenth anniversary season. I think we talked about that last year. <laughs> I don't know how old is the Drink Five Fantasy League. Uh, I couldn't tell you. Let me see how far back this stuff goes. But uh, well, that's only in yeah, that's only in Flea Flicker. But but today, uh, I think we have uh, a number of topics in mind to discuss and just kind of bounce them back and forth between each other. Uh, but also curious about about what we're we're drinking this evening, and uh, New Belgium has come out with a bunch of new different kinds of beers. Mm-hmm. I have had the Voodoo Ranger many times, but now there's a bunch of different kinds of Rangers that they have. Yeah, this particular one is a Voodoo Ranger Imperial IPA from New Belgium, and it's a nine percent um, India Pale Ale Imperial. Uh, and of course, New Belgium is um, Colorado and North Carolina, brewed and oh, bottled. Oh, in North Carolina now too, huh? Yeah, that's cool. So that's fun. One of the first beers that that we started drinking were uh, were New Holland and New Belgium, I think. Um, and uh, whoever makes Delirium Tremens. Delirium Tremens uh, is is from like somewhere over by Amsterdam, uh, overseas, but I'm not exactly sure. Yeah. I think it's a isn't it a brewery or a facility that makes a whole bunch of stuff? Um, probably. I would imagine that they make all kinds of stuff there. So that's um, where is that made? Uh, in Belgium, um, and it is a city of of Mel or Melle in East Flanders, Belgium. So I gotta go there. The brewery, Street sexy Flanders. It's the brewery that we we know the name of. It's uh, I don't know how to pronounce it, but it's like Huga or Hugi or. Uh, H-U-Y-G-H-E. 
Okay. And I've seen that on a bunch of things before. Uh, but I do not know how it's pronounced. I would love to go to the brewery that makes Delirium, though. That just sounds like a good vacation. Yeah. Yep. Let's do it. So, so uh, what are we? we go? What are we covering today, and uh, and how do you want to get into it? Um, we're trying to figure out how old Drink Five is today. Hmm. No, we're gonna um, talk about Jalen Hurts. We're gonna talk about some weather. Uh, of course, here in Chicago, whenever there's anything interesting with the weather in the winter, uh, it is all anyone talks about for the days leading up until it happens. And we're gonna talk about some matchups. We are gonna talk about. Jonathan Taylor on the IR and some other guys in injuries. We are going to talk about a team that has to win out to make the playoffs, and I don't think they will. And we're going to touch on a closing segment that I'm a big fan of. So, Dave, <laughs> do you want me to lead us off here? Uh, sure, yes, that's okay. fine. So, one of the biggest pieces of news is that Jalen Hurts suffered a sprained shoulder. He is... Um, you know, when people a start top off... three fantasy player this year. When people start off with one of the biggest pieces of... I never know exactly where you're going to go with that. Okay. One of the biggest pieces of news. Yeah, I wasn't expecting that is what I'm saying. Okay. You weren't expecting news. Nobody expects the Spanish Inquisition. No, I thought maybe you were going to talk about Deshaun Watson, but I don't know. <laughs> He's not worth talking about. <laughs> not yet, yes. So, Hertz suffered a sprained shoulder. And that was against the Bears last week. So it's not certain if he's going to suit up in the semifinals. The latest news said that head coach, head coach Sirianni suggested that Hertz and backup Gardner Minshew should both prepare to play in Week 16. If Hertz is unable to go, it sounds like it's more uh, the more likely possibility. How do you think that Minshew under center is going to affect the fantasy production of the rest of the Eagles players like A.J. Brown, Devonta Smith, Dallas Goddard, who is returning from IR this week? A.J. Brown has been amazing. We were talking at work today about how when Jalen Hurts wins the MVP, he has to cut it in half and give half of it to A.J. Brown because Jalen Hurts would not uh, have nearly as impressive of a season if he didn't have someone like A.J. Brown to throw the ball to. Yeah, so in, in half PPR, A.J. Brown is the number five guy uh, so far this season. That's Justin Jefferson, Tyreek Hill, Devontae Adams, and Stephon Diggs all above Brown. However, I totally agree with you. I mean, he's averaging 15 Point two points per game. His stats have been terrific. Uh, he doesn't quite stack up to Hertz, but without Brown, then you only have Devonta Smith, uh, and we saw some of that the previous year where there's not enough talent there for him to be going up against number one cornerbacks without any help. And so the bringing in AJ Brown now gives Hertz those two targets plus one of the best tight ends in football mm -hmm. and a revolving door of whoever they want to feature at running back. Um, and so I think that it's very important, just like you said, that he has that superstar. And that was the acquisition that they needed to make a, a Super Bowl run, which is what they're currently in the middle of. It's not very helpful that he has a sprained AC joint. And I don't think it's the right move for them to play him this week. But um, what did the coach say? Something about him healing? <laughs> I want the direct quote because it was pretty good. <laughs> um, but yeah, the... You know, nothing, nobody's been ruled out. We're talking on Tuesday night. Normally we talk on Wednesday, which has a little bit more certainty when it comes to injuries because some teams have released their first injury report mm -hmm. and stuff like that. So, um, um, where did I read it? Oh, maybe I read it on Reddit. Well, There's it, something about how Jalen Hurts doesn't heal like normal people and you wouldn't want to rule him out of anything. 
Yeah, he was referring to us as all normal people. He was saying something like, um, "Like Hertz uh, doesn't doesn't heal like us. He's a fast healer. His body is not like ours. I will not rule him out. Not like ours. Yeah, <laughs> he's clearly from uh, from the outer reaches of the galaxy. <laughs> uh, anyway, I mean, there may be some truth to that he's still a young player um, and has seemed very resilient uh, at times when going through injuries and coming back on the field." however slight they might have been. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is one that is obviously a little bit more affecting as a quarterback to have a shoulder injury. Mm-hmm. But if he can play through it already and in practice, they're, they're already saying that he took all of the snaps. So when they say Minshew and Hertz both need to be ready, that's coach speak. If, if Hertz is the one taking every single snap in practice, he's probably going to be the one playing the game. Minshew is not going to be ready either, then, if that's the case. Yeah. But, but to answer the question that you originally posed... Uh, I think we both like Minshew in that the guy is a showboat. He's really fun to watch. He has provided a spark as a backup and as a starter for short times for a team. But he's not a starting quarterback and not of that caliber in the NFL, and he won't produce the numbers that are required of him uh, if you are a person starting those uh, those fantasy um, those fantasy players. I think what you'll get from a Minshew is that he will, historically anyway, uh, over-target someone like a lot of quarterbacks do, mm-hmm. but you don't know who that's going to be. He'll onto a target. I mean, it should be if he's smart, A.J. Brown. But depending on coverage, it could be easier to be Smith, for example, and just ruin your day. It's true. <laughs> so I would say that uh, that fantasy numbers uh, on average are clearly going to be lower with Minshew than with Hurts. However, okay. uh, Minshew's not going to be the crazy rusher that – uh, that hurts his as well. So I just saw a really crazy rushing stat line. What's that? Not uh, not having to do with any of these players. These are the last Justin uh, Fields four games for Derrick Henry against the Texans. I ah. believe they play him this week. Did you see this? No. Have you heard about this? Did you see this? Have you heard about this? Uh, <laughs> Thirty-two carries, two hundred nineteen yards, two touchdowns. Thirty-four carries, two hundred fifty yards, two touchdowns. Twenty-two carries, two hundred twelve yards, two touchdowns. Slacked off in that game. Thirty-two carries, two hundred eleven yards, three touchdowns. The last four games he's had. <laughs> that's, that's pretty impressive. That's insane. That's nine touchdowns in four games. Fun. Yeah. I'm going to stop looking at those stats, though. No, it's all good. But but honestly, uh, with those players coming back, I think that, that Minshew is still a serviceable backup, but the numbers can't reach what Hurts has. And I, I wouldn't say don't start your A.J. Brown. Uh, but if you have a guy like Dallas Goddard coming back from injury, for example and now faced with possibly uh, a backup quarterback going in there, uh, then then if Minshew starts, then I'm not a fan of starting those guys that were already questionable. Agreed. That's when you just want to start your studs. Now, would you stick with like a Miles Sanders? you think they're going to lean on the run game a little bit more? I don't know if... No, it's clear that Miles Sanders is not going to have any kind of consistency throughout the year. Okay. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's just accurate. <laughs> If you look at his stats, he had he had like twenty uh, plus points for the last couple games, and then just scored like four or something, right? And in previous games as well, there's it's it's streaky, and that's because I don't think they give a shit to be honest about the running situation on the Eagles, because they have Jalen Hurts and outstanding receivers. Right, they don't need to have the same kind of run game. They've they've used the run game yeah, very yeah. effectively at times this year. When they've rolled it's... when they've rolled the dice and three fives have come up, uh, that's a that's a run game. Okay. The Dallas Cowboys are giving up the fifth fewest points to opposing running backs, so it's not as if they're going to lean on the running game this week. Yeah, I don't think so either. All right. Well, 
it's a bummer when the top flight players go out, especially in the playoffs, but that's going to happen every year to and, someone. And the, the other thing is, if he does come back and end up playing Jalen Hurts, then you have to decide if you're going to play him or not, because then there's the possibility of him uh, further bothering the shoulder and Minshew coming in off of that, yeah. which is even worse than having started Minshew. I think if Hurts practices this week, then you got to start him. But if he doesn't practice and plays, like that's just... oh. That's a headache and a half. Well, what you do need is a backup option. So you need to be looking at the wire Correct. to see what's available if you don't already have a backup at the quarterback position uh, because you may need to grab somebody in a, in a horrendous situation because <laughs> this is the semifinals. You can't just lose a game. That's not all right. Uh, it's not an option. From Field Yates on, twi- on Twitter, the current estimates for the feels-like in quotations temperature at kickoff on some of the outdoor games this Saturday are as follows. Uh, Bills at Bears, negative 11 degrees uh, in Chicago. Seahawks at Chiefs, negative 6 degrees in Kansas City. Uh, Saints at Browns, negative 9 degrees. Texans at Titans, 5 degrees. Falcons at Ravens, 7 degrees. And Raiders at Steelers, negative 4 degrees. So there's quite a few games that are under 10 degrees as determined uh, by the weather forecast as posted uh, earlier today. Yeah, I see four warm weather teams playing in single digits or worse. So have fun with that one, guys. Like that's when it really messes with you. And and I agree with that, but it's it's just an an, an interesting thing if you actually take a look at uh, some of the stats that are that are, were written out and analyzed by someone on Reddit. Uh, and Reddit usernames are the best, of course. And this is posted by King Dingaling. Uh, uh. Clearly, uh, you mean King Ding a Ling? Well, I don't, I don't. <laughs> I mean Ding a Ling, uh, but but real analysis, as he puts it, of how extreme cold affects fantasy. Now, granted, uh, not all of these are negative degrees, but they are all broken down into categories, including below ten degrees, which is exactly what all of these games are and why they're included. Um, he says, starting out with scoring. Uh, from 1994 to 2016, the average number of points scored in an NFL game above freezing and below 80 degrees, so like sort of a temperate zone, between 32 and 80, is 42.1 points. Okay. Now, below 32 degrees, below freezing, during that same time span, is 42.6 points, which is arguably exactly the same. Uh, below 10 degrees, during that same span, 43.3 points. So, in, in 22 years of data, from 94 to 2016... The scoring actually increased slightly in the extreme cold based on the the data uh, values that we had. Mm-hmm. Now that's not something that I don't I don't think that we could have uh, uh, suggested that would be the case if we didn't have the data in front of us. I'm not surprised when I see that <laughs> because I feel like it's like you say on Thursday night. It's not actually all bad football. It's just there are reason to not play people. It's just that you always see it. And so the cold weather games are the ones you see. So, like, we watched the Bills and the Dolphins on, um, what was it, Saturday night. And the Dolphins played really well. And then as soon as it started snowing, the Bills won the game. So you want to think that these things have an effect on it, but it probably had nothing to do with it. Well, there is some correlation to all of this. It's hard to determine in a game that's filled with variables. But some of this analysis is just to tell us that you know we shouldn't stop starting someone just because they're in a game where it's going to be negative five degrees. Right. And so, for example, um, 
aggregate efficiency is not changed very much. So number one, in games below freezing, passing completions drop by 2%. So that's a stat that, that actually says over that span of time with those temperatures in those games, with those players, there are less passes. And that makes sense. But you would think it'd be 10%, 15%. It's right. 2%. Right. Field goal success drops by 2%. Again, yeah, people are not kicking as long, or maybe they're not deciding to kick because of the cold. And clearly... Uh, well, I think if it's field goal success, then it's just based on the kicks they actually try. Well, they know, you know, based on experimentation and practice already, that kicking in cold weather doesn't go as far. Yes. It just doesn't. That's just physics. Yeah. So... Uh, Field goal success drops by 2%, and average punting distance drops by 3 yards. So all of that tells you that, yes, it's true that the things you would originally posit about this, uh, less passes, uh, shorter kicks, and less field goal tries, probably, uh, that's happening. And so uh, overall passing yardage drops by 5% below 25 degrees. Now, this is the first piece of data that I think we can look at and say, yeah, so we, we thought that. We believed that there were less passes and that starting wide receivers in really cold games might be a bad idea. Um, now, this is just below freezing. It is it is not, or sorry, below 25 degrees, but it's not taking into consideration active precipitation, for example. Uh, and then turnovers, the, the most significant stat of the cold, turnovers increased by 42% below 20 degrees and by 50% below 10 degrees because of the slick, harder ball and decreased grip strength. Dome teams only win 20% of their games outside in the cold. Now, this is the best stat that I think that he's compiled here. Yeah. Only 20% of their games, regardless of uh, who we're talking about, uh, which year it is, how the team is doing, uh, what that can tell us is that teams that are used to warm weather or weather that... Uh, uh, that doesn't exist because they're indoors, regardless of the temperature. <laughs> the weather doesn't exist. Yeah, the weather's gone, right? It's the it's the indoor ozone. Um, the, those teams are going to be a serious problem uh, because they're going to win less. Any sort of wind or rain more heavily decreases offensive production than cold. Uh, your fantasy skill players are better off in a dry zero-degree game than a wet or windy 70-degree game. So, mm -hmm. so precipitate is the problem. The freezing weather doesn't do that much. Wind is a problem. Right. Uh, wind and uh, anything that's coming down from the sky. The so, combination of those things are extra horrible. 26 mile an hour winds for the Saints and Browns. Mm -hmm. That's the highest we have on the chart. Uh, 18 miles an hour for the Bills and the Bears. 16 miles an hour for the Jaguars and the Jets on Thursday night. And rain for that game. That's the only game projected to have precipitation during the game as well vince foss shout out in the chat room he just wanted to say king dingling yes you know it's uh reddit always has the best username so if you cut to reddit for any uh things submitted by any of their users you're probably going to be surprised by who it was that submitted them pretty amazing uh, i i oftentimes it's think good to give credit dude. that my reddit username and i don't want to reveal that uh okay. But my Reddit username is not offensive enough. Well, if anyone ever sees Drink5 stuff posted on Reddit, then they're going to know what our names are. We don't have to share that this second. Well, I mean, you are. You are too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all I'm saying is that my Reddit username is not nearly offensive enough or interesting enough uh, looking at all the other ones that we pull quite often. Sure. Um, but yeah, so, so interesting... Uh, 
analysis from that particular Reddit post, if we look at what Field Yates was saying earlier, when you have a game like the, the Saints at Browns at negative nine degrees, it's not necessarily a uh, thing that you should be very um, afraid about starting players at until you look at the other parts of the weather and you say, well, in addition to it being freezing, it is also windy, right? Yeah. And then if there is uh, a windy or precipitate on top of that, uh, then, then you should you should think about not playing the uh, the quarterbacks and wide receivers in those games. If you can, I mean, sometimes like you just have the team that you have, and you have to play them in whatever weather conditions they're going to play in. There are always other players that you can that you can procure. Yeah, but most people aren't going to drop like I don't know. They're not going to like sit Josh Allen. Well, and, th- and this brings me to another point, um, which maybe I'll just go into right now, which is. Um, uh, the the fact that later in the season when you're when you're in the playoffs etc uh, keeping all those people as far as depth pieces on your team uh-huh. is just completely pointless and so from my perspective uh, and and maybe that's not true of everyone else you know maybe you're going to handcuff everyone on your team I just don't see the value in that um, it, it it is certainly not uh, not an issue to to think about your team as only upside, only positive, only good matchups, and any players you have that are redundancies, that are depth pieces, that are uh, not immediately starting should be eliminated. And that's the way that, that I look at uh, teams that are in the semifinals and finals because what good does it do you to have a bench full of backups? I mean... Only during the regular season is that a strategy that's that's really worth uh, the exercise. Okay. Do you disagree? I, I I really have a hard time like pulling the trigger on just cutting a bunch of players off of a playoff team um, because they're there because I need to start them in case because because they're the best players available of anybody on the wire. Well, they may be unless they're handcuffs, for example. Okay, well, you and I, I think both generally discourage people from carrying handcuffs. Well, but then you also have, like, um, like maybe there's good players that, that we just think of as being good because we've had the whole season. Like Damian Pierce, uh, he, he was good. He's not currently. Yeah, but I think he's injured as well. So, yeah, if somebody's going to be out this week and you have enough players to start next week, then you can cut them. There's no reason to hold on to a player that's injured for another week. Well, bad example. Jeff Wilson... Um, uh, Debo Samuel, um, uh, Michael Gallup, or Cole Komet, Rashad White. These are all players that are not doing well that yeah, were. It also depends on who's on the waiver wire, too. Well, maybe we disagree. But fundamentally, I think that you need to basically cut every single player that you're not going to start uh, on your team to to fill your team with only upside and matchup plays. I don't really understand in, in anything other than a dynasty or a keeper league why you would hold on to players that you're not going to play, that are not going to help you. Because I feel like with the bench, you never know who is going to help you. Well, at this point, if you lose two players to injury, then nothing's going to help you. It's very true. I mean, you you either have to be ready and, and have the highest upside players out there, or you're going to be a team that just lost, um, let's say, Tyler Lockett, Jalen Hurts, um, I mean, like Kyler Murray, lost Jonathan Taylor, Jonathan Taylor. Like, if you're a team that lost those four guys on your starting lineup, you're not going to win. Well, yeah, if you lost all four, that would... <laughs> you're like, oh, I have a good team getting in the playoffs, and then 
he probably didn't win last week. If yeah, he lost all them. But I feel like we're probably agreeing. I mean, that that brings us to. I agree fundamentally. I just like there's just. I think in practice, when I look at my squad and my bench, and I look at what's available, it is rarely the case where like I'm going to be doing a mass swap out of my bench. Like I might be more than be more willing to drop like one more player this week, but there's usually not enough good players on the waiver wire to worry about that. Well, it depends on the size of the league, et cetera. Sure. And, and I'm not suggesting you cut every player on your, on your bench if they are the best players. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I, I look at a lot of uh, championship teams out there and you can still see handcuffs and backups and things that are on their roster when they finish the year. And I just don't understand that, that philosophy. Uh, if we move on to uh, um, defensive matchups, the uh, the Jonathan Taylor topic because we were just talking about him, okay. for example. Yeah, we can jump to that. Yeah, so he's placed an IR for with a high ankle sprain, which doesn't always land someone on an IR, but I think with the new rules, you'll see that a lot more. Plus, it's the end of the year; they're not good. They're yeah, not I think going anywhere. High ankle sprain is usually somewhere between like two to four weeks, right? So that he could technically come back, but he's not going to. Yeah. Um, so that was uh, suffered in the Week 15 loss to the Vikings. That happened, I think, relatively early in the game in the first half, um, yeah, he had resulting like, in like a three-point game. He had like two point something in a points, game where yeah. they scored 36 points. <laughs> so filling in for him will be Zach Moss and Deion Jackson. Um, do either the the backup plays along um, with newly added Jordan Wilkins represent any kind of fantasy production still this season? And will Taylor's fall from grace this year and other issues result in a downgraded draft position? next year we we started the year with the top two picks being christian mccaffrey and jonathan taylor i'm happy to say that i was a proponent of christian mccaffrey and not jonathan taylor mostly due to the matt ryan situation and tumultuous stuff going on on the indianapolis colts uh as opposed to christian mccaffrey doing what he always did on the panthers it didn't end the way that i envisioned for either player (laughs) you didn't picture mccaffrey in gold and red no so i mean nobody thought that mccaffrey would be on the 49ers and nobody thought that jonathan taylor the player who like played every game for his entire career would uh would be on ir but nobody lasts forever um and jonathan taylor is showing that he, he's finally, uh, uh, his health is catching up to him a bit, and he sprained his ankle. I'm sure we'll see more of these injuries with him. My answer, and I'd like to hear yours on, on both of those, uh, is is that don't start Zach Moss, don't start Deion Johnson, uh, Jackson, don't start Jordan Wilkins, because they have that, that two-headed, sometimes three-headed thing going on, mm-hmm. on a team that is completely unpredictable and may or may not score points. And as far as next year, his value will certainly take a hit to Dynasty and Keeper Leagues a little bit, but he's still a first-round draft pick uh, absolutely in 2023. So it's not like we're going to see him fall from grace entirely. Um, But I will tell you that I don't think that Jonathan Taylor will be the number one because a lot of that had to do specifically with his uh, health and usage. The number one overall. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You don't mean the number one on his team. This yeah, well, not even I'm not discussing that, but okay. yeah, I just mean I don't think he'll be the number one overall pick next year because of the things that have occurred. People tend to shy away. Uh, we won't know what's going on with the quarterback situation. I assume they're not going to stick with Matt Ryan. They're going to end up bringing somebody else in, drafting someone. Imagine, I imagine, but that's not going to make them good. So I want to <laughs> ask you: with the matchup this week, they play the Chargers. The Chargers have given up the fourth most fantasy points to opposing running backs. 
is this an upside play that you were talking about where you would maybe grab one of these guys um, on the bench just in case like one of your players has like a late week injury or something like that. You need to start someone. They've given up 13 games of double digit points uh, or sorry, 13 performances with double digit points. Three of them uh, over 22 points. So the chargers are very susceptible to giving up lots of points to the running back. You know, Really, you're looking at a bunch of scrubs there, unfortunately. Yes. So I think the guy that you should play if you want to target that is Zach Moss. Uh, but I think that your issue is going to be that Deion Jackson is also going to um, be, you know, uh, going in there and competing for snap counts. Uh, Deion Jackson, uh, of course, was the, the player that everyone thought would be getting outstanding fantasy production with Jonathan Taylor out, and that didn't really happen. Uh, Zach Moss, we already know, is able to handle the ball and saw him in Buffalo for uh, a couple of years. And I think that he is the the running back that should be targeted. However, um, I don't think that he's going to end up with any substantial amount of it, points. It would wind up being a big split. So Zach Moss has 31 carries in five game appearances, um, whereas Deion Jackson only has 57 carries in 13 appearances. But Deion Jackson has 21 receptions, and Zach Moss has zero. So they're really not, you know, they're going to have to split time. Well, remember that, that Moss only came in, uh, you know, midway through the season as part of a, as a trade as well. Right. I'm just saying, like, his carries per game are much higher than Jackson's. Yep. It, so I just don't, I don't think that either one is worth it. It's one of those situations where you may try to find a handcuff for that player, Jonathan Taylor. There isn't one. It's true. It's very true. In your situation, you have a, a league in which you had Jonathan Taylor, for example, and I don't know if you're still competing uh, in that particular league, but regardless... I do. I am. If you're starting uh, you know, your optimum lineup then to compete, you're you're not uh, intending on starting a backup on the Colts, correct? No, because I have Alvin Kamara, Kenneth Walker, and Saquon Barkley. I yeah, all right. planned very well at running back in this league early in the year, and it really benefited me because at different times, Alvin Kamara was not playing, Kenneth Walker was not playing, Jonathan Taylor was not playing, and almost every single week I still had three running backs to start. Well, we did notice, and we, we talk about... Uh, but talk, I wish I had better wide receivers. We talked about this throughout <laughs> the year, that, that going running back heavy this year ended up probably being very successful for a lot of people. The other pl- team where I'm in the playoffs is running back heavy as well. But um, but a lot of that is because uh, people that drafted Cooper Cup first, for example, uh, have been disappointed, at least over the stretch of the season. There was a bit of disappointment at the very top of the draft. Devontae Adams has had like... Jonathan Taylor was a bad first overall pick. Adams is one of the best receivers this year, but still had three or four weeks where there was almost no production. He's been the quietest good player all year, I think. Um, so, yeah. So, I, I don't believe in, uh, in any of those players, but if I have to put my chips on somebody, it'll be Zach Moss because of his uh, ability to score the touchdown being higher than the other running back candidates. Mm-hmm. Okay, fair enough. I like that approach. Well, perhaps we take a, a, a little a little beer break. I like that. That's a good <laughs> approach, too. Cheers. Like a good approach.
All right, what, what else we got to chill. what else we got to discuss? Uh, so the Packers are six and eight, um, but they have a chance to make the playoffs if they win out. Um, so they have to play, I think, the Lions and the Vikings still. The Dolphins and the Vikings. They're going to play the Lions again, huh? Not in the next two weeks, anyway. I guess right. I was referring to the rest of their regular season. They played the Lions in the last week. Okay. So, yes, uh, the rest of the fantasy season, it'll be the Dolphins this week, the Vikings next week. Mm-hmm. All, all teams that are beatable and have been beaten quite a bit this year. Uh, yeah. So, according to ESPN, Rodgers went 7-for-7 seven seven, um, for 91 yards with both Watson and Dubs on the field on Monday. Rodgers is also 20 of 24 this season when both rookies are on the field at the same time. I'm surprised that they haven't been on the field more often. Well, Dubs was injured for the majority of the beginning of the year. Okay, but that still sounds like less than one game of a sample. That's the problem, is that they have not been healthy at the same time. Yeah. And Watson wasn't uh, wasn't healthy and then wasn't being utilized and then was being utilized, but Dubs wasn't healthy. And so uh, it is a very small sample size. Uh, and and I think the the point of the stat is just that um, when Rogers has people to throw to, yep. that are good, he does better. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean. So the next two games they play the Dolphins and the Vikings, both teams that have allowed a lot of fantasy points to all opposing skill positions. Um, so yeah, I do like the way that that matches up for him. I have the decision this week. I have Rogers and Watson and Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence plays the Jets. Um, he's been like my one solid starter all year in the Superflex League, but I basically have to decide if I can fit, uh, like who who's the odd man out there. And Aaron Rodgers has a really good matchup, and if both of the rookies are going to be healthy, then I like that. Are you, are you saying you're deciding between Rodgers and Lawrence, or Rodgers, Lawrence, and Watson? Yeah, pick two because it's Superflex. Lawrence and Watson because it's Superflex. Correct. Do you have other people on this team? Davis Mills. Is it PPR or half PPR? It's half PPR with six point touchdowns. So we can we can take Davis Mills out of the situation. Well, no, he actually plays. I think he plays against Tennessee, who has like the worst stats against exactly. everything. Exactly. But Tennessee has actually, believe it or not, been playing a little bit better defensively over the past week. Um, and I don't know if you think that'll carry on or not. But that's uh, sort of what I've gotten out of uh, watching some of these games. To Look, Davis Mills like fell into twenty points last week. He had one hundred and twenty-seven yards and three touchdowns. So that's not going to happen every week. I'm fine with eliminating Davis Mills first. Are you Are you talking about Deshaun Watson or Christian Watson? I'm talking about Deshaun Watson. Okay, this is we were just talking about Christian earlier, so I wasn't True. sure. That's yeah. why I asked if it was super flex. That's fine. Uh, but but the answer is as you already have it. I'm sure. No, I don't. I didn't play Aaron Rodgers last week. No, no, no. I'm saying this week. Yeah. Have you set your lineup yet? No. You know, I it's set Tuesday. I set my lineup like during the games of the previous. I week. set it on Tuesday, usually when I start the waivers. I, I think you should absolutely start uh, uh, Lawrence and Rodgers. Okay. I was thinking maybe sit Lawrence because the Jets are really good. And well, it's, and it might be. Aren't they still missing Quinn and but Williams? But it might be really windy and really rainy. But they're, aren't they well. aren't they still missing their primary pass rusher? Um, I mean, they have juice, but there's multiple targets. Let me check out the depth chart. 
I, I believe Quinnen Williams was injured like a week or two ago, and he's not going to be playing for a couple. Uh, and he's the yeah the, he's in red. He's the scariest of the uh, of the the defensive. Oh, he's very scary. Guys over there. So on the secondary, there's still quite quite a few guys, including <sighs> Juice, who's been very uh, formidable you against mean Sauce. I'm sorry, I keep saying Juice. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Yes, Sauce. Yes. Sauce Gardener. There's Sauce Gardener and Juice Landscaper. Oh, gosh. <laughs> well, so I, I, I like uh, Lawrence and Rodgers. Now, if you wanted to, to play Deshaun Watson, um, they play New Orleans, but weren't you just saying that the weather in that particular game is going to be windy? No, no, no. The weather... Oh, yeah, but the weather in the Jets... And Jaguars game is going to be even worse. Let's see. So looking at the NFL weather site, which if anybody's interested in, the NFLweather.com is a is a wonderful uh, yeah. uh, resource so to go to. So 50 degrees, rain, 16-mile-an-hour winds for the Jaguars and Jets. The It's going to be 9 degrees and 26-mile-an-hour winds for the Saints and the Browns. Yeah, so that's that's still not enough wind to be super concerning to me. 26-mile-an-hour wind? That's uh, crazy. I thought it was 16, you said, no? 16 for the Thursday night game. And what was the other one you mentioned? The the Jaguars and the Jets are playing in New York, 50 degrees and rainy, uh-huh. 16 mile an hour winds. Right. You know, enough to notice, maybe not enough to push the ball around that much. Um, Saints and the Browns, 9 degrees and 26 mile an hour wins. Oh, well, that's what I had that's said. That's enough to really push the ball around. Is that it's probably a reason to not start Deshaun because he was already going to be even or lower with Rodgers. Um, and even though Rodgers didn't score that many points this past week, uh, they certainly managed the game well. And according to Rodgers, and I saw the game, uh, Christian Washington should have had another touchdown in the last play of the game. Yeah. And then Trevor Lawrence has scored 37 and 34 points the last two weeks. So, yeah, I, I mean, I'd go Lawrence and Rodgers. I, I think Watson is going to, you know, shoot back up to near uh, where he was previously, if not more with this team, with this offensive line. But it's going to take him uh, a couple of games and, and into next season to really look like what he did two years ago. So uh, I, I think that uh, unless any other news comes up, I think it's best to, to ride this Aaron Rodgers train where he thinks – that they're just going to move into the playoffs. And I have to say that it is so much better to have that kind of an opinion uh, and optimistic it's view. It's true. It's true. It, look, if, if he <laughs> has both receivers healthy for the rest of the year, suddenly they're very scary. Yeah, it, it's a little worrisome that A.J. Dillon, I think, had a concussion uh, last week. But yes. Aaron Jones has been great lately. Uh, anyone with Aaron Jones on their team is probably hoping that A.J. Dillon stays in the blue tent for a little while longer. <laughs> this is true. Uh, and, and that can only help out you know, their chances of, of getting through the semifinals. Yeah. Um, so do you want to go over the defensive matchups or do you want to go to the cut list? Well, we, we, we sort of went through the cut list a little bit already. That's true. Uh, I can, I can talk about some more specific players, but you know, my philosophy is if they haven't done anything for you lately, get rid of them and replace them with upside uh, individuals. Maybe we should just let people like absorb that, sort of philosophy rather than giving them a list of names because that's all they'll focus on well the problem is philosophically again when you have someone that you've like counted on to get you somewhere and then they're suddenly not doing well but you're like yeah but they're 
uh, but they're this guy, right? Right. And and you're like, well, they're going to turn it around. I'm like, well, you realize you have two games left, and they're the ones you have to win. <laughs> so like, there's no reason to keep this guy in your roster for you four can't wait games for from someone now. to turn something around. Yeah, because players have the same kinds of swings as uh, football teams, baseball teams, uh, um, stocks, any anything does that moves up and down, and those swings are sometimes long lasting. Uh, up mm-hmm. Three, four, five games. So what I was saying is, if someone's trending down, get rid of them. Usually, you would bench them, right? Uh, if you were playing in the in the middle or the beginning of a season, you would allow them a chance for their opportunities to change. But at the end of the year, this is where you should cut them, because uh, why would you want someone who's had three games under seven points on your team that is going to play for all the marbles? Yeah, I don't. That's just going to bring the other guys down, man. Uh, we could talk about a couple of those guys. I mentioned some a little bit earlier. Uh, but defensive matchups, um, it's it's not an exciting conversation. <laughs> but it's it's the one thing I think you can plan for the most. Yeah. When you're looking at matchups for the next two weeks, it's not a bad idea to sort of plan ahead. Um, unless you have, in my case, the Eagles. And I'll just keep them for the next two weeks. Sure, but you you run into these situations uh, like um, where you're in week 14 or 15 and you have a team like the Jets or something that has a bad matchup, Mm -hmm. right? And you're not sure if you want to keep that team or actually bring on another defense uh, until you can bring the Jets back or if you should just get another uh, defense entirely. And I think the the best solution for that, uh, for the most part, is probably to... Um, is to pick multiple defenses at the end of the year, especially considering, like we've already talked about, uh, not needing to keep a whole roster say, full of good, depth. It's a good use of that like spot you're going to free up by cutting the players that you know you don't need. Yeah, so so this week, for example, in week 16, uh, the best matchups that I can see are, are the Bills against Chicago, the 49ers against the Commanders, uh, the Ravens against Atlanta, um, and, and the Broncos against the Rams. Uh, and then we, we start getting into teams that you didn't start all year but are going to be good because they're playing against teams that don't have a good starting quarterback or their quarterback was injured and there's a backup coming in. So the Titans against Davis Mills in Houston. Didn't you say something about in the super cold weather games, the turnovers are much higher? Yeah, yep. So the Browns against the uh, Saints – yeah, Browns against Saints uh, right now, my number eight defense uh, against New Orleans. And uh, I think that is is one that's going to be very successful for people. Um, like right now, you're not going to be able to go acquire the Kansas City Chiefs or the Buffalo Bills or the San Francisco 49ers defense. You probably can't get the Ravens. And the Broncos were probably taken last week. So who can you get, right? Who are the ones that are available? Uh, you have the Titans versus Houston. You have uh, maybe the Browns versus New Orleans. Browns are only on 30% of Flea Flicker rosters right now. Uh, You have the Jaguars versus the Jets because, again, you have uh, uh, Zach Wilson or Sam uh, Darnold or someone starting uh, on that team. Jaguars have put up 14 and a half. Well, not Darnold, sorry. This Uh, is a bad league to check that with. We have have modified (laughs) defensive scoring in this league. Returning yards, but double-digit points the last two weeks. Yeah, return yards, twenty-five points um, per yard, twenty-five yards per point in return yards for punt and kick returns. 
So, so a little augmentation. Anyways, um, so yeah. so the teams you can't get, you you know, you're not getting the Bucks. If you could, then you could grab them. You're not getting the Ravens. If you could, you can grab them. But but I really like you mentioned uh, the Cleveland Browns. Um, I think that tight the Titans versus Houston is an interesting one because Davis Mills is not playing well. Uh, I also like the Rams versus Denver, um, and I like the Chargers versus Indianapolis. Uh, and for both of those, uh, the reason, of course, being that the other teams are not are not really being very uh, consistently successful and are giving up a lot of turnovers on their offense. Is um, Kenny Pickett still out? Uh, he's supposed to uh, be back this particular week. Okay. Otherwise, I would say if Trubisky is the quarterback for the Steelers, yeah, then, pick on them. Then there's some like six or seven free points for you. Yeah, yeah that's <laughs> going to be another one of the cold weather games that you brought up. No, I, I, eleven degrees, and they're playing at night, so it's going to be cold. Um, I'm a Steelers fan, but I, I think they win this game. Oh, I'm not saying anything about that. I'm just saying there could be turnovers. I think. I mean, it's probably going to be a thirteen to ten game. Yeah, it certainly could be, uh, but but I, I am not necessarily uh, interested in in playing against Pittsburgh. Uh, the Raiders and the Steelers are not teams that I'm I'm uh, picking up and 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 playing this okay. week. But yeah, all the ones that I mentioned. If are there any that really uh, strike your fancy? Uh, the Browns are the ones that stick out the most to me. I see the Chargers. Not enamored with the Chargers necessarily. Um, as for like what's available in my on the list, because uh, I have the Eagles, and it wouldn't be a bad idea to swap them out this week because the uh, Cowboys do have a good offense. Um, uh, yeah, you could you could definitely get a higher upside defense for this week, and then move on yeah, the Jaguars, the Browns, um, the Eagles next week against New Orleans. Yeah, so that would be the matchup there. Yeah, and that's probably it. Okay, and then when we look at week seventeen, um, uh, again, you know, if you if you check out the regular matchups and who's available, there are those guys that you're going to consistently play, like the Eagles, etc., the 49ers. But uh, some of the ones that I picked out that are not very highly owned right now are the Jaguars against Houston. The Jaguars have a scrappy defense against Houston. Houston is a team that's giving a lot of points to uh, opposing DSTs. Mm-hmm. And then the Falcons versus Arizona. Uh, of course, they lost Kyler Murray, and then you know suddenly they don't really have uh, Colt McCoy necessarily. Like That's a, a decent team to hedge a bet against when you're talking about playing against a quarterback. Uh, that is gonna then it's gonna maybe give up some points, uh, but the Browns have a good matchup again in week seventeen as well. And the Chargers versus the Rams uh, because you should play against the Rams. Whatever uh, you can. <laughs> I mean, if if their top uh, quarterback is Baker Mayfield, then you know he's gonna have two good plays and two good interceptions. Yeah. Per game. Uh, so so that's the deal. I I do still like having uh, defense special teams in leagues. I look forward to maybe uh, having a couple shows in the off season with you discussing uh, um, commissioner things or or league setup things because uh, what I find interesting is a lot of leagues are getting rid of defense and kicker positions, right? But then you just fill them with more skill positions, which then just becomes overwhelming and and difficult to manage. I don't think that's necessarily the best philosophy. Where do you go from there? Do you go IDP? Uh, do you add in like? Got to be a good balance somewhere. Yeah, I, I still think. Every, every bit of a football game is interesting to watch and uh, has a little bit of something that you can um, 
judge or determine. Yeah, I mean, I once had a league where um, I didn't have the kicker or the defense, and I created all kinds of scenarios where the offensive players could score even more points. And it was fun, but it wasn't the best league that I had. So, um, you know, I think that the best ones are a balance of everything. Where you slowly add scoring, you know, every couple of years. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Uh, well, I, I will uh, I'll have the rankings out for week 16 uh, later this evening. And if you're listening to the podcast on the 21st of December, they're probably already out. So check out drink5.com. If you're listening to this in the future. I mean, everyone is, right? Except for those that Except aren't. Except for those that aren't. Yeah, which is only us. If you're listening to this in the past, then... Hello. There's like a 15 second delay, so it's only us, <laughs> I, I think. We're the only ones that can not listen to it in the future. And we don't know where you landed on the experts list this week. I don't think that's out yet. Uh, they, so for now, you're just still number six. Fantasy Pros usually takes... Until you uh, become number five. They usually take uh, into the evening on, on Tuesday to figure that out. You know, I, what I'd be interested in doing also is is maybe we bring on uh, uh, some representatives from Fantasy Pros because I'm, I'm interested in... How exactly they um, they do all those calculations and at what time and what team does it? That'd be kind of a neat conversation. Maybe you can. Uh, I can get somebody from. I was gonna say maybe you can pull that this week because or this year. You mean like next week? Not next week, but <laughs> like in the future, you can pull it because you did so well. Oh no! Well, I I already know some of these guys. Of course, I've been I've been doing this for I don't know maybe ten years now. Yeah. Uh, I I forget when we first started on here. It's uh. Well, I'm sure you've read the methodology page many times. Um, it's long, and we won't read it on the podcast. Yeah, don't do that. But there is a methodology methodology page. <laughs> if you go to the fantasy football accuracy and look at Dave's name there at number six, number one wide receiver. They, uh, it doesn't say what day it was updated, so I don't know. They'll give you the algorithm. Oh, wait. It would tell you if the newest week is in. Yeah, week 15 is not in yet. No. Okay. So you're still number six before until you're number five. Yeah. Good job. But but as I was saying, I mean, if you're you, the third best who ranks all the positions. If you if you look at um um the the consistency of position. Like for example, I'm number 1 in wide receivers this year and I have been very uh close to that in in previous weeks. Then there is obviously something there about uh what it is that you're doing that's successful over this particular year with these particular variables. And the highest ranked player who's number one at a position. Well, I appreciate that. <laughs> Just finding all these little, these little bits. There, there is another uh, another person on Twitter which I, I really appreciate. This particular gentleman, I don't remember his name right now. I wish I had taken notes, uh, but I'll mention it next week. And this guy uh, does his own version of the fantasy pros uh, experts. He just finds rankings online. No, no, he, he uses all the Fantasy Pros information, oh. right? And he, and he scrapes that from the site, but then he creates his own spreadsheet and ranks the, the Fantasy Experts based on uh, uh, not only like what they are based on Fantasy Pros, but uh, what they are based on how far away they go from the ECR when they do rankings. And, and so the, okay. I, the idea behind that is, uh, you should also like uh, identify and reward people based on uh, how how much different they are from ECR uh, when we're talking about accuracy. Because if you were an expert and you turn in the ECR every week, yeah. you would probably be top fifty. Probably. Yeah. 
But um, especially if your ECR you were using was like the top thirty guys <laughs> experts. So uh, that's one of the things that we he was talking about. He's like, uh, when you do the uh, expert rankings as an expert, one of the options is you want to start with your rankings from last week, or do you want to start from the ECR that currently exists? And so if you were to remove that option, yeah. uh, then and maybe those people that are kind of like uh, tagging along there with the ECR, uh-huh. uh, would, would, it would change a little bit what that looked like. You know, I remember when I was um, responsible for the rankings that we would put up here, mm-hmm. I would do everything on a spreadsheet and just drop the spreadsheet in every week. Yeah. So whatever, whatever default they wanted to start with never mattered. Right. Because I would just drop in my own rankings every time. And I think you'll find that, um, like, that's why this guy started this this website and this this uh, collection of data, because he wanted to show which experts uh, um, differentiated from the norm more than others, because I think that that's something that's positive, right? You yeah. don't you don't want to be just a, a like you want to re- re- like you said you want to reward the people for. Um, going out on a limb and being right. Yeah, you don't want to be in orbit around the ECR changing things slightly. You want to be the guy who said that this quarterback is going to perform 14 ranks better than anybody else did. And he did. <laughs> yeah, well, that's what we all want is, and he did. That's the tough one. And he did. <laughs> um, but yeah, to... we, we have plenty more things to discuss going forward. I'm absolutely certain of that. Uh, anything else you want to bring up this evening besides wishing everybody luck in the semifinals? Uh, and uh, um, uh, please check out our site at drink I would also wish them a Merry Christmas. All right. By playing the summer song that you wrote for us. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, if you are going to be in the path of the storm this week, just be careful. Hang out inside. There's not a lot of reason to venture out in a crazy storm when you can just have a few drinks and watch football. Sure, nobody travels during the holidays. <laughs> What's the big deal? <laughs> I don't get it. Well, thank you, Jason. It's uh, It's been a blast. Yeah, cheers, buddy. 